if I was going to pick a topic today, it would be God don't give you nothing crazy. You do. And, um, and I just want to pray, Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you will hide me behind the cross, that you give me access and ability to minister in the third heaven, that I may rightly divide the word of truth. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you would tell them to follow the grounds of the hearts and the minds of the people, that they would be receptive, they would receive the word of God. God, I pray right now, God, that you would do all of these things now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We're going to be in 1 Samuel. I'm going to be skipping around 1 Samuel 10. 13, 15, but my main text is coming out of 16, and I'm going to make references to 20, the 8th chapter. God don't give you anything crazy. You do. A lot of times in our lives, we're thinking that we're in the will of God, but yet you're going to find out a lot of times we're not in the will of God. We're being really led by our flesh. We're being led by our thoughts or our emotion or what somebody else is telling us to do. Something may look right on the outside, but that don't mean that they are right on the inside. And we're going to be talking about King Saul. There were signs all the time, but God knows deeper and sees farther than what we do. A lot of times, we only see the surface. Sometimes we can see it here and see it there, but yet we have that, we have to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And when the time that God will let you fall and do what you want to do, because how can he bring you the full picture when your spirit is all over the place because of what you want? So you're looking for God to show you something. And a lot of times what you're looking for God to show you is something good. So therefore, when God is trying to show you the full picture, you can't see it. And God is sending somebody your way and say, well, that person is like that, that person is like this. And you, Oh, no, that's not. Because you're looking at the steak and potatoes that they're sending you. You're looking at the clothes that they're buying you. You're looking at how long they talk to you on the phone. And they may give you a little help every now and then, but God, but God is trying to say you're helping them more than they're helping you. They're taking your gift. They're taking your ideas. And they're really using it, but they're not telling you what they're doing on the back end of the deal, but because you're so caught up, you can't see it. The world was so caught up in trying to get rid of Trump. And look what they got Biden. He falls down on the bike. He does this and that. You know, all the signs are there. But sometimes you're so busy trying to get rid of what you want because it's not what you want at that time that you feel. But sometimes God will put somebody in your life to challenge you, to cause you to move, to cause you to think a different way. But you're rejected. But then you'll go to somebody else that will not challenge you. But yet they're robbing and stealing and killing from you all the time. You got to understand something. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You got to understand something. You pick somebody crazy. God don't send you anybody crazy. A lot of times we're picking all of this foolishness, whether it's in relationship, friendship, marriage, on the job. We'll leave a good job because it seems like things are not working out right. And then you go to a job over here. They may pay you more money, but you're more miserable. See, we got to understand something, that God is trying to lead us 
and direct us and guide us. But we don't want God to do that. We want God to do everything that we want to do how we want to do it. And God is not obligated to do that. But a lot of times we don't see this. We're so caught up into what I want or what I feel or what I feel the Spirit is saying to me. And you're going to tell you this is an hour that everybody is hearing something. But it don't mean that they're hearing God. This is the information or the age of technology. And just like Satan is in that, he's in some of this stuff that's going on in the YouTubes, Facebooks, and Instagrams, and all of this kind of stuff. But we don't understand that God has a way of moving. And I told somebody, God is moving silently in these days. He's moving in the silent places. And we're looking for God to do this, show up, bang, bang, this and that. But God is moving in the silent places. And if you're not quiet in your spirit, he said, when my spirit is quiet within me, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. How can you get to the higher place when your spirit is not quiet? You got to be in a certain place to hear and that God can put the pieces of the puzzle or give you revelation of all of those things together. And a lot of times we don't want to do that. We want to be, do what we want to do. And I want to read this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup running over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And you got to know that the Lord is your shepherd. That's why you have to decrease that he can increase. And I looked up the word crazy. Mentally deranged. How come you don't find out the end until God says, now it's time enough, I'm going to set you free. And then God takes you back to all the crazy stuff that you put up with. Satan will always cheat you out of your life. That's why he'll, you'll spend more years of your life being sad and depressed out of the will of God. But if you're in the will of God, Psalms 23, it's for you because the Lord is your shepherd. No matter whatever it is that you're going through or you may encounter in life, God is going to be with you. He's going to anoint you to come out. He's going to lead you by a place that you can get rest. He's going to lead you by a place that you can get nourishment in your body. And that you shall not want. But everybody's trying to do everything except being led by the Spirit of God. That's why so many people are saying that they hear the Lord. That's why so many people are saying God is showing them this and God is showing them that. But yet you don't know what type of lifestyle they is. You don't know what type of lifestyle that they live in because you can't see that far. Except if you have the spirit of discernment that's, that will allow you to see what is really happening behind the scenes. Crazy, especially as manifested in a wild or aggressive way. Everything that's here, we're going to be seeing these types of things in song. People are, someone always wants something the way they want it. 
People or a person wants something so bad that they would do anything to have it. But usually there's a, in a bad result of it. When you're crazy, you're going to find out that you're in a state of a double-mindedness. You've got to understand something. God can't deal with a person that's double-minded because God said that they are unstable in all their ways and they cannot obtain anything from the Lord. We're going to find out about Saul. You don't have to turn there, but Saul, the 10th chapter. I want to go somewhere real quick. When God anointed Saul, you can go there, Saul, I mean, 1 Samuel 10 and 9. When God anointed Saul, God gave him another heart. Because in order for you to lead God's people, God has to deal with the inner person. And you got to understand something. God can give you a new heart. But if you're not constantly monitoring and praying and seeking the will of God, because the Bible says out of the heart flows the issues of life. Even though God can give you deliverance and healing and whatever it is, just because let's say God heals your body, that don't mean you go back to drinking and smoking. Just because God do something one time, you got some people that believe once saved, always saved. But why God talks about ye backslid to come back home to me? You got to understand something. You still have to maintain whatever God is giving you. And just because God has done this, guess what? You cannot go back to the old nature. Just because God gave us all a new heart. But guess what? Saul continued to walk in his own way. And he started making bad decisions way before the 13th and the 15th chapter when he disobeyed God. You got to understand something in chapter 10. Um, they won a battle with the Philistines. But Saul did a foolish thing and he did an, he, he, um, did an oath and caused Israel to fall under a curse. I'm letting you know, you can go back and read it. Saul was doing things way before the 13th chapter. A lot of times, you got to understand something, a person just does not fall just like that. There's a sequence of events that happen in our lives that cause us to fall. And God can let you get away with something 200 times, but he may judge you to 200 and, uh, and one time. After God allowed them to win the battle, then he puts a curse on Israel. Listen at all of this. And you're going to find out in your life, God is allowing you to have victories. But you can still curse yourself. And God can still be moving in your life. That's why God, the same God that had back then, is the same God that's not. He said, my God that changes not. He gave them mercy. And, and Saul is doing all of these different things. And, and, and then he did it again in the same um, 10th chapter. You're going to find out Saul did another curse. And then God got mad with him. And I want us to go to 1 Samuel, the 13th chapter. 
read you some things in 1 Samuel, the 13th chapter. And I want you to find out and see how Saul does something sinful and he does sacrifices because Samuel the prophet didn't come when he wanted to. We're talking about somebody that's mentally de deranged. You got to understand something, there's a process. There's a process. When, that, when a person is in a, a place of oppression or whatever, or going through a state of oppression and depression, it starts off as small bursts, bursts of things. And if it's not treated, it gets worse. But that's what you got to understand about deliverance. Just because God cleans the house, you got to keep it clean. Because guess what? The Bible says when it comes back, he's bringing seven more worse than the one that was there. So let's go to 1 Samuel. And you're going to find out the Philistines would seem like they were always in battle array with them and going through different things. So we're going to start at the 11th chapter. And Samuel said, what have you done? Because the prophet took a long time to get there. We in 1 Samuel 13 chapter starting at verse 11 through 14. So the prophet has finally come. Isn't it strange? Before we even get there, God seemed like he always comes after you make the mistake. <laughs> but he tried to warn you. But you wouldn't listen. And Saul said, when I saw that the people were scared from me, scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at um, Marash. You didn't come at the appointed time. What happened is he was used to him coming. You know how your children call they used to you being there? Let you delay yourself. Saul had his time, but God had his time. Because the prophet is moving by what God is telling him to do. But Saul could not wait on the Lord. A lot of us, we get in a place, we cannot wait on the Lord. So we start making our own moves. And now he's saying, you didn't come when I told you, to, when I thought you were going to come. So I did it on my own. And the people was scattered from me. Listen to what he's saying. And it says, the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgad, and I have not made supplications to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering, 13. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. I want you to see your life. This is from the pulpit to the back door. We've all been an um, uh, uh, example of a uh, presenter of what Paul, I mean, what Samuel is. And also, we've tried to help other people. We've been that voice of God. 
wake you up to do what God is telling you to do. Don't just look at ministry behind the pulpit. You in ministry every day that you get up. If you got a calling in your life, God wants to use you every day that you wake up because that's a new day that God is going to anoint you to do something new and fresh in his life. But those that you're ministering to are sometimes they like Saul. You see that they're crazy and they're doing things that's not in the will of God. But God will keep you dealing with them. You have not kept the commandments of the Lord, your God, which he had commanded you. For now, the Lord will have established your kingdom over Israel forever. If you had done what God had told you to do, he would establish you. This one mistake that you made, it cost you a whole lot of things. How many times you done dealt with somebody and said, wait a minute. This thing that you done, that's worse. Now you done canceled out everything that you done and that you worked for by being foolish. A foolish person, you ain't got to worry about them destroying nobody else's life. They're going to destroy their own life. Then they're going to work on somebody else and pervert them because they're crazy. And they're angry. And you're going to see Saul turn from being weak to angry. When the spirit of the Lord lifts up off of you, there's a whole different mental aspect that falls within you. You're going back to your lower nature. That's why it's important. You ever seen people, they say, wait a minute, I was a fool out there in the world, but when I got saved, God gave me some good sense. No, their spiritual nature came up and started working in their lives. Because without God, man will always do foolish things. That's why it's important to be born again. That's why it's important to have the Holy Spirit dwelling with inside of you, that the Holy Spirit can take over and do what God is commanding that person to do at that moment in time in their lives. Without the Spirit of Christ, you are nothing. You will always be into that lower nature or that deranged mentality that you will have because God is not operating at the fullness of your life. And you got to understand something. When a person is double-minded, when a person is in a state of mind, that they cannot continue to go in one direction in their lives with the things of God. You're going to find that they're going to always be up and down. They're going to always be oppressed, sad. They're always going to be confused in the mind. They're always going to be anywhere else. I've watched people over the years when I minister to them. Anything I try to tell them to do, it seems like they can't get it. But yet they seem like they're up and down. It seems like nothing flows, continues in their life. In order for you to let God continue to flow fully in your life, you've got to have a submissive spirit to the spirit of Christ at all times. That's why you have to get into a place that you fast, pray, and meditate on the word day and night that you may have good success. You want to know why you're not succeeding. You want to know why Saul is in this state and he's finna walk into even greater. You've got to understand something. His success is leaving. Because now he's fearing the Philistines. But in chapter 9, he had victory over him. Chapter 10, he had victory over him. 
to see these things. God can change your heart at that moment. Don't mean it's, it's everlasting. Some of us, we think we get the Holy Ghost or, or, we, or God just does this in our lives. Guess what? You got to maintain it. You got to guard your heart with all diligence. Because your adversary is coming to try you. And he's always going to bring back your old habits and ways. But you have to have a stronger discernment to see. If you're not a watchful person, you would not understand. But now, your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over the people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Let's go to 13. Excuse me, the 15th chapter. 1 Samuel 15th chapter. I'm going to start at verse 9. And I'm going to go on down to 21 chapter, but I'm going to be skipping around. 1 Samuel 15, I'm starting at verse 9. This is what God told him to do. Now he'd have made sacrifices, right? So he's out of the commandments. See, once you out of the commandments, you can't follow direction. It's a downward spiral. Before that, he what? In chapter 10, he commenced a curse over the people. Twice. And then you're going to find out that they started eating blood and stuff with animals. So you can cause other people to fall in leadership. Or a person that's following, following you in your life. You don't even have to be in ministry, but somebody else can follow you and you can cause that person to sin as well. I just want you to know that Saul was doing things way before chapters 13 and 15. A lot of times you got to understand something. God sends warnings. God will have somebody there to really take you by the hand. Haven't y'all taken people by the hand and tried to show them the way? And it seemed like you showed them step by step, but they continue to fall. Because their heart is not in it. Saul was not the chosen king. He was the king that the people wanted. Listen to this. And the prophet told him specific things to do. But Saul and the people spared Agai and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatling, the lambs, and all that was good and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything, it says, despised and worthless that they utterly destroyed. He's not following God's direction. He destroyed what he thought was despised and worthless. We're talking about somebody deranged. When you're deranged and double-minded, you cannot follow God's instructions. You cannot therefore lead people. And when you're leading people, you're leading them from a deranged mind, a crazy mentality, and you're going to cause them to fall. 
God did not give you nothing crazy. You did. And you get into these marriages and these relationships. And then you birth it out. What you have married. I want to talk about this. And this is what God was saying. In these last days, there's going to be more mental problems. There's going to be, uh, if, if it's a great falling away, that means the light of Christ is leaving. And those, he said, if I don't cut off the days, even the very elect, you are not going to be able to connect with everybody in order to keep your salvation. You're going to have to let some people go. You may love them, but guess what? They may cause you to miss Jesus Christ. How can you have someone that's side by side that you're talking to on a constant basis and they are not even walking the same walk and talking the same talk that you're talking? A falling away is a slow process. But some of you so sworn to an individual or somebody's flesh that you can't see that they may be your worst enemy. We are choosing things in our life that is not given to us by God. And by the time we find out what they have really done, it is too late. And Saul and cannot find what's going on. Saul don't even understand it. The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they are agreeing? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. How can you walk with somebody unless there's got to be some type of agreement? I don't care if they, they come one day and the next day they're not. That will mess with your spirit. You're going to have to separate yourself from some things that you've been connected to for years in order for God to come in and to keep you in your family. Verse 10. God rejects Saul as king. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king. For he has turned back from following me and has not says, performed my commandments. It says, and it grieves Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when Samuel rose early in the it says in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Saul, Samuel saying, Saul went to Carmel, and indeed he set up a it says monument for himself, and he has done gone on around pressed by and done it says and gone down to Gilgad. Verse 13. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandments of the Lord. He's crazy. This is the same thing that we do. We put God in stuff that we are not, that he's not in. 
and we turn and twist his words and what he's told us to do. God can speak and say, guess what, Daniel, you go do this. By the time Daniel did this, she done turned it around. That's a sign of disobedience. Deuteronomy 28 chapter tells you confusion of the mind. And God says, I have rejected him. I'm sorry that I picked him as king. Look at all of this. Let's go on down. Verse 15. And Samuel said, they have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of all the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. How can you give what God has said was unclean into a sacrifice? Look at all of this. You got to, that's, you got to look at yourself as a temple. If you're doing things that's against what God has said in your flesh and you're trying to come up here and give him a praise, you have not asked for forgiveness, you have not asked for repentance, how can you expect God to accept your praise and worship, let alone your money? When God says that you are filthy and dirty, that means your money and everything else is attached to you. But you want to pick and choose what you give God. Have you ever had somebody that, a friend that was against you, but she's being nice, nasty, he's being uh, kind towards you, but he's not giving you the best. He's picking and choosing what he gives you, but yet you all the time, you're giving them your best. Because they're against you. And then you'll stay there and be friends, and then you make excuses for why they're treating you this way. Because what's on them falls on you. And it clouds up your mind that you cannot see. I want you to see this. Let's go on down. 17. So Samuel said, it says, when you were little, in your own eyes, you, it says, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalites, and fight against them until they are consumed. We got to stop disobeying God. You have to be serious about your salvation. You have to be serious about what God is telling you to do. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoils and do evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone and, it says, gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back, it says, Agi, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. He did not. You see how he's believing his own lie. He's so far into what he's thinking in his mental flight, he's really thinking that he's doing what God has told him to do. How many times have you been there until God come in and strike you down and say, wait a minute, 
or bring deliverance. You don't even know what you're doing. God has a way of getting your attention. He'll deal with your children. He'll deal with your husband. He'll deal with your wife. He'll deal with people around you to get your attention. And you're going to find out you're trying to do all of this. You're paying your tithes and offerings. But ain't nothing working. There's a sign that God is not in the midst of it. He's not pleased with you. But you're study trying to go forward like Saul did. And Samuel the prophet is sitting there looking at him saying, boy, something is wrong with you. And it has not even really, he has not got the mental concept to realize that God has rejected you. A lot of times you think when God says, I have rejected you, you going on with your life. No, he ain't. God ain't done this. And then it starts going that downward spiral. Then this start going wrong. This start going wrong. If it ain't the TV, then it's the job. Then it's the husband. Then it's the wife. Then it's the children. I'm losing money. Different things start happening in your life. But you, you just going on not realizing, stop, something is wrong. And in your mind, you just like, I pay my tithes and my offering. You're paying your tithes and offering. Don't stop God judging you when he done told you you're wrong. He said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Ain't no devourer being rebuked because everything is going wrong in your life. But you'll hang around people. You know that they're in a state of rebellion. You know they're in a state of disobedience with God. They're out of the wheel, but yet you'll still try to help them out. How can you help them out? That is putting money in a black hole. Your money, it can't clean it. You are not God. And look at what is happening. He's getting into this state. Let's go down now to the 16th chapter. God takes the spirit from Saul. He's rejected him. Now he's taking his spirit from him. When God rejected him, he wasn't, he didn't have that, that victorious. God can reject you and you can still move, but you're not moving victorious. Now God is withdrawing himself from you. That means he's taking his spirit from you. He's in a place that they call Ichabod. The spirit of the Lord has departed. This is what is going to happen in this last hour. You're going to find Ichabod not only on people's churches, but you're going to find it on their house. The spirit of the Lord is going to be departing because God has dealt with people for so long until they're in a state of rebellion, and now God is going to judge the whole house. And you got to understand something. Parents, I try to tell you this. It's important when you at the head of your household, it's important for you to do it because when God does this next thing that he's going to do all over the earth and bring the Ichabod spirit, God is the spirit of the Lord is departed because people have turned to another God. They have turned to serving other idols, and they're not serving the true and living God. So now Ichabod is going to be on the people's houses. 
and their whole house is going to be judged. You got to understand something. When Korah stole that money in the 16th chapter of Numbers, you got to understand something. His whole house paid for what he had done. And this is what's going to happen now. And I'm going to tell you something. Some of you are going to hear in your mind. Say, well, they don't live with me. They were birthed from you. And they ain't saved. Yes, they're going to fall under the curse too because they're not saved. If they're growing and living according to what God is saying, the curse will pass over them. Hello? This is what's going to happen in this last days. The only people that's going to be able to survive are the people that's really walking with God. That's really doing what God has called them to do. They're going to, all this stuff that's in the land, you got to see that people are crazy. People are disranged. Everybody's oppressed and depressed. Everybody's running to and fro from the doctor with sickness. Everything is happening now. It's like the world is caving in on the inside. It's like the people are falling on the inside. People are caving. People are doing all of these things. And they want to know why they have why these things are happening to them but they don't realize uh, that the spirit of the Lord is putting Ichabod on them uh, God is singling them out God is gathering all the wheat and the tarot together and now he's finna separate and, and those that's on the Lord's side just like Jeremiah said uh, those are ones that are gonna prosper uh, and those that's not on the Lord's side uh, guess what God is gonna cut them down this is a very pitiful hour now for people to separate themselves from the ungodly, from the profane. But how can you when you don't know the voice of God? It's imperative for you now to know when God is speaking and using you. It's very important to know the voice of God for yourself. If you don't know the voice of God, you need to start fasting and praying now that God can, that you, he will show you and understand and teach you how to hear his voice. That is a training process. And now you behind the eight ball because these things, you've been in church in 30, 40, 50, 20 years, and you don't know when God's using you or when God is speaking to you or what God is telling you. Now it's time to get a clarity. There's a clarity call. There's a call of urgency for prayer. To hear what God is saying. God don't give you nothing crazy. That's friends, family, pastor, co-workers. And you put up with it because you want to be nice because you say you better be born again. And listen to what God is telling you. You're trying to make friends with something. This is not the hour to make friends. Because who you make friends would be like Agai. And guess what? Agai went on and killed Saul in the end. So keep making friends with Agai. Keep taking the best of what they're giving you. How can the devil give you something good? And yet you're walking in a disobedience like Saul did, saying, I, I obeyed the Lord. You're not going to have to answer to a prophet like Saul did. You're going to have to answer to God. Samuel 16 and 14. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. God replaced his spirit with the spirit of the devil. God created evil for an evil man in an evil day. Satan didn't create himself. God did. 
God can move in a way that you don't even think is God. Why would God send a flood and save eight people? Y'all, salvation people say, oh, God don't do like, I'm going to tell you something, God destroys. He don't just destroy people, he destroyed the whole earth. It's his, and he does whatever he wants to do with it. You may not understand it, but God does. And a lot of times we don't understand how God is moving. You don't have to turn there. But Psalms 134, I'm going to read 5 and 6. But 6 is what I want to focus on. For I know that the Lord is great. And our God is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does. In heaven and in earth. In the sea and in all deep places. God does what he wants. You can't control him and you cannot manipulate him. He sees in the dark places of your heart. He sees your thoughts are far off. Before that even thought even got there, God already knew. And when he's past you, he'd already been there. So God is withdrawing himself from somebody that's mentally gone. Saul has dropped down to another level. The rejection, he dropped down spiritually to another level. Now God is withdrawing his spirit. He's dropped down to another level. The thing about it is God is the only person that will fire you and still let you work. God is doing all of this and he's still king. But what kind of king is he? And Saul, servant, said to him, surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. They telling him. And he's holding his head. He's got to lay his head down because he can't focus. It's messing with his eyes. It's messing with his speech. It's messing with his equilibrium. It's affecting his body. When an evil spirit gets in a person, it don't just mess with one thing. It messes with multiple things in the body. When a person gets sick, what happens? It starts messing with the kidneys. It'll start messing with the legs, the bones, the joints. Even the doctors can't give you anything to cure it because guess what? Then that, when they give you that medicine, it messes with other things in your body. Can't nobody heal you. Can't nobody deliver you in this last hour. Can't nobody erase and take Ichabod off of your door but God. God will put you in a place that can't nobody help you. He'll have people running from you, separating themselves from you. Isn't that what they happen? In the 13th chapter when he made that sacrifices, people were scattered from him. 
They don't want to be around you. Verse 16. Let our master now command your servant who are before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player of the harp and it shall be that he will play. It will, it says, play it with his hand. It says, when he, it says, when the distressing spirit from God is upon you and you shall be well. The spirit of the Lord was dwelling with him all times. Now God says, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a little relief every now and then. Have you ever had a toothache? That thing will kill you. You take some medicine, you get a little relief. But guess what? After that medicine wear off, it's coming right on back. God said, I'm not going to kill you all the way. But I'm going to let you know that I'm there. Tugging at your heart. I may send somebody by every now and then to give you some food or pay your bill. But then you're going back under the same oppression. Some of us are like Saul. It takes God to do a, a heavy hand with us. Some kids you can hit once or twice. They're going to stop and start crying and say, I ain't going to do it no more. But then you got some children. You got to be four and five times with the belt before they change. Which one are you? And these are the things that happen. Let's go to verse 23. David was that man. And God using David, the very person he's going to use to take his place, to soothe the savage beast in him. And so it was, whenever the spirit from God was upon Saul, that David would take a harp and play it with his hands. Then Saul would become refreshed and well. And the depressing spirit would depart from him. This is what God told me. You don't have to go to Matthew 14. Now, this music is called rap music. And it makes you dance so lustful like Solomon. Solomon was so evil and her mother, Heronius, that she demanded John the Baptist's head. You have sold your soul and you don't have a problem cutting off the prophet's head. And God is putting his spirit on people. And he's using rap music, R&B music, OJ's Earth, Wind, and Fire, Eminem, J-Lo. He's doing all of this. Beyonce, Jay-Z. And they're going to kill the prophets of God 
if God don't spare them. Because the earth is so wicked. God is lifting his spirit upon them. And causing a distressing spirit to pull on them. And that's why the music is so lustful. Licentious. Impure. Goatish. Sexy. Ironic. Hot-blooded. Sensual. Lust. Having or showing strong feelings of sexual desires. What is the music doing? God is allowing all of this filthy music. It seems like it's even getting more wickeder. God is allowing all of these wicked devil movies on the TV. How in the world are you sitting there looking at all of this stuff and it's showing you that they black and evil and got snakes and everything else in it and you're watching it? God is controlling the media and the music industry. It ain't the Jews. Because my people are straying away from me. God don't give you nothing crazy. You do. Every time you turn it on, every time you listen to it, it gets in your spirit. You have to pray and ask God to deliver you. I have to pray and ask God to deliver me. That Babylon doesn't get in me. This wicked spirit don't get in me. And the same spirit that's on Saul is getting on the people. Look and see what is happening. Look how the girls are dressing. Look at how the guys are dressing. Everything is sex, sex, sex. Scandalous, lies, orgies. All of the works of the flesh, people are doing it. And it ain't no stopping it. And solemnly prompted by her mother, Heronius, who was frustrated by John, it says, condemnation of her marriage. Because you know she married her, her brothers. No, she married her, her husband's brother. Look at what they're doing now. The same thing is happening. She married her husband's brother. And John called her out. And Herod had a party. And he got Solomon knowing that she was that hot-blooded spirit. That licentiousness. When a snake gets in that body and starts wiggling, it'll mesmerize anything. That's what the python does. It mesmerizes them. And she asks for the head of John the Baptist. This is what's happening now. And I'm going to tell you something. 
We need to be careful. Go to 1 Samuel, the 20th chapter. This is when Saul goes to the witch of Endor. You see how it's constantly going down. Because the spirit of the Lord has withdrawn himself. Now he's resorting to the things of the world. Satan keeps taking you down, down, down. Where do you see God stopping it? He's not. Y'all keep thinking God going to stop it. No, God sent somebody to tell you, but you don't want to hear because your ears are so full of what you want. All you can hear is your own self talking and people around you to tell you the same thing that you're doing is great. That's all you hear. Oh, the prophets are lying. That, that, every time they speak up against the things of God or what the men and women of God is doing, they killing the prophets. They're not doing a physical killing, but they're killing the voice that's coming, trying to get to you to tell you the truth. They're going to shut it down. And this is what is going on. And Saul has resulted to this. He disguised himself in some clothes and went to the witch's house. Because God was not speaking to him no more. And Samuel had died off. I'm not going to go there, but you can read 1 Samuel 28 chapter 3 through 20. And you're going to see what happens to him. We're living in a serious hour now. There's not going to be too many born-again believers that's in the earth. You're going to have to fight and contend for the salvation that was once preached by Christ Jesus. I tell everyone that has a calling on their lives, it's important now for you to continue to man and be the watchman on the wall. To stand up when nobody else is standing up. Because if you're doing what God is saying do, guess what? God won't allow the enemy to attack them that's not saved in your household. And people don't understand now. This is a critical hour for the church age. This is the hour that people are falling away from Jesus Christ. And their morals have gone down. All character from the pulpit to the back door. Everybody now that's not doing the will of God are subject to this curse. That's subject to this distressing spirit. That's subject to all of this great falling that's going on now. Because people that was once strong and saved are not walking that way no more. And they're calling us fanatics. They're calling us, oh, you don't need all of this. They're telling us we're over-exaggerated, but yet they're increasing and they lust. They're increasing in all of these things. I pray that something's been said and done. In the mighty name of Jesus, God did not give you nothing crazy. You did. I bless you in Jesus' name.